On this last Sunday of 2019, it is, as it was, the very first Sunday of this year. We'll be the same next Sunday, filled with God's grace, God's mercy, and God's peace. I'm not going to preach on John 3.16, not this week, because I still have presents that I have to unwrap with you. Last Sunday, a couple of days before Christmas, we unwrapped the present called Everlasting Life, the greatest of all the gifts we receive from our God. The one reason that Jesus dies on that cross, so that this gift of everlasting life might be ours. It's everlasting life is not just unending life, it's not just uh, enduring life. Uh, no sacrilege intended. What if you're up in heaven for 200 years and you're sitting there saying, I'm bored, man. What's next? Do, do I have to do this for eternity? No sacrilege intended. When you consider whose presence you're in, when you consider that God has never stopped creating, when you consider, He says, let there be light, and the universe still has not stopped growing, When you understand the power that is in God and you are in His presence every single day, you can talk about someone being the life of the party. (laughs) What if your life itself and you are an I and those we love are in His presence every moment of every day? I said to you last week that the most joyous moment you've ever had on planet Earth The one moment where you said, man, this must be what heaven's like. Hmm. Imagine every moment of every day being filled with that reality. That's why it's called everlasting life. It isn't called enduring life. It's called everlasting life. George is in the gym. He came up to me this past week. He said, he said, clergyman, (laughs) he said, clergyman, question for you now. My wife's been gone for 10 years, haven't dreamed about her for years. All of a sudden, every night I'm dreaming about her. Does that mean I'm going to die soon? I said, George, I don't think so, man. I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. Okay. And then he says to me, he said, clergyman, I need to know, I need to know that my wife's still alive. Are you certain of this? I know you preach it. Are, are you certain of it? And he knows about John. Are you certain that John is still alive? And I said, George, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I said, you know, you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Do you think it's possible for Jesus to lie? And he said, man, that's almost sacrilegious, don't you think, clergyman? Do you think it's possible for Jesus to lie? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, the day before he dies, he says, I'm going up there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me. Uh, George, why would Jesus lie about that day before he dies? And why would he say to a thief on the cross, today you're going to be with me in paradise, when both of them are going to be dead in an hour and a half? Why would he lie? And since you just said it's not possible for him to lie, then yes, your wife, my son, and trillions of other people beyond a shadow of a doubt are safe in heaven. He had one last question. He said, clergyman, will I know her? 
with all the people up in heaven, will I know her? Will I pass her by and not recognize her? And I said, George, you know her instantly. Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah, 1,500 years, Moses has been dead. 700 years, Elijah's been dead. And George, they're standing on the mountain. Still Moses, still Elijah, that's still your wife. And you will know her instantly. I think of all the questions that ever come to me there at the gym when they know I'm a clergyman. I think of all the questions that come, it always pertains mostly to someone in that gym having lost a loved one. Heaven forbid a spouse on rare occasion, a son or a daughter, most often a mom or dad. And that's when the questions come. Same ones that George had. What is the greatest gift, the greatest present God has ever given? The gift of everlasting life. Through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Second gift we covered on Christmas Eve, the living water, comes to the woman at Sychar's well. She comes to him. Long discourse, and then Jesus said, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask him for living water. He'd give it to you. And Jesus ended up giving her living water. I shared with you that the Jews had these purification rites. They involved water all the time, but it had to be living water. And for the Jew, the living water was water that flowed. It had to be from a spring, a stream, or a river. It had to be flowing water that was used in the rites. It couldn't be contained water. That was dead water. Living water was flowing water. When Jesus says to this woman... If you knew the living water that I had, you'd be asking me for it. I'd give it to you. Never thirst again. You never thirst again. If water on this earth was used for purification rites, can you imagine the living water that comes from Christ? And can you imagine the power in it? That's why Jesus said, you'll never thirst again. Did he mean you'll never sin again? No. Did he mean there's not going to be death in any of the ones that you love? No. Did he mean the power of the devil will no longer have power over you? No, I didn't mean that either. Fear and worry, shame and guilt, fear and, and anger and hatred and vengeance, they'd, they'd always be part of her life as they are part of ours. But with this living water, what happens to those things? What happens to those things? You don't live your life in constant fear because you remember and the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance the power that's in your life. And the fear and the worry can't consume you like they would in the old days before you had this living water. Fear and with shame and guilt over some sin committed this past year or 30 years ago. Uh, Satan brings that back. Satan brings that back to you time and time again. And you sit and say, it's been forgiven and forgotten and removed. Living water. Uh, Revelation 22, there is a river in heaven. Did you know that? There's a river in heaven. It's called the river of the water of life. And it flows down uh, the middle of uh, the heavenly city, Jerusalem. On either side, there are trees. One of them, tree of life, bearing fruits. 
I often like to think when Jesus talked about living water, he's talking about diverting the water from the river, the water of life in heaven, and channeling it to us. Whenever I baptize, I think of John 7:38, streams of living water come down, coming down from heaven, entering you, and not being able because of their power to stay in you. They have to flow out. Living water. The other two gifts I want to unwrap. The third gift is spiritual food. Spiritual food. From John, the 27th verse. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for that food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of God shall give you. Which the Son of God shall give you. Jesus is the chef for the spiritual food. And Jesus is also the server of the spiritual food. It's very rare, unless it's a very small restaurant, it's very rare for someone to cook the food and then serve it to you. Jesus is the chef, and he's the deliverer of the food. 1 Timothy 4.8 It says physical training is of some value. One of my favorite verses. Physical training is of some value. Spiritual training is of greater value. Holds promise for this life and for the life to come. I'm going to transpose some words here. Physical food is of some value. But spiritual food is of greater value. Holds promise for this life and for the life to come. How does spiritual food benefit us in this life? I'll answer you. What's your favorite food? Meatloaf, steak, veggies, salmon, sea bass. Yes. Pot roast, pancakes. What's your favorite food? That has some value for this life, doesn't it? When you're going so, through some cancer treatments, you lose your appetite. You can't taste food anymore. And you talk about how horrible that is. It holds value for this life. What about spiritual food? Let me ask you this. When you're really fearful or worried about something, do the tacos do the trick? If you're really, really filled with shame or guilt over something, does the pot roast do the trick? Do the ribs do the trick? Do the pancakes do the trick? Limited value, important value, but limited physical food. Spiritual food, it addresses those things. You sang it in the hymn we just sang before this message. You sang that He delivers us from sin and death and the power of the devil. Physical food doesn't touch those things. Spiritual food goes after each one of them. You have spiritual food and the sin issue. You have spiritual food and the death issue. You have spiritual food and you have the power of the devil issue. You don't eat the same food every time. 
Even if it's your favorite food, if you ate it all the time, man, you get sick of it. The Bible, the spiritual food. Do you read the same over and over again? Do you feed on the same pasture over and over again? No. I like the fact that you can Google stuff these days, right? You don't need to be, have that big strong concordance sit in front of you, weighing 50 pounds. All you need to do is Google. Do you have any verses in the Bible that deal with death? And there's, a, there's 153 verses that pop up. And you feed in that pasture for as long as you need to feed in that pasture. I said, George, you got a Bible? He said, yeah, I got a Bible. I said, here, I'm going to give you some verses to look at. He's going to feed in those pastures. There was a time in my life I spent three or four years feeding in one pasture. One pasture. When you got issues with, uh, with some sin that haunts you, and you don't want to carry it to your deathbed where you confess to a priest or a pastor, you know, I'm concerned about this sin. You feed on the pasture that deals with forgiveness. You, you Google it with verses in the Bible deal with forgiveness. With fear, with worry, with mercy, with grace. And it's there. And when you feed on the spiritual food that is found in the Bible, then the brown pastures of your life all of a sudden be, start becoming green like you think spring has arrived. You feed on His Word and, and your peace is restored a hundred times a day if you need it to be restored. Spiritual food. What the manna was to the Israelites every single morning for 38 years, there is manna on the ground. Every single day until God takes us to heaven. Sit down at the table. You don't need your fork, spoon, or knife. Sit down at the table and devour His Word. There is one last present I want to open up for you, and that present is peace. Okay? Eternal life, living water, spiritual food, peace. But I'm going to throw something at you. John 14, 27. Jesus said the, the counsel of the Holy Spirit when He comes... He'll bring to your mind everything that has happened, and He will give you an understanding of who I am and what I mean and what your life's purpose is. And then He said, When the Spirit has done its work, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid." This is more than the peace that He gives when you feel your sins are forgiven. This is more than the peace that He gives George when George knows his wife is safe in heaven and he'll see her again and know her. This is a peace that is far deeper, let me explain. Joshua was so very, very sick for such a long time Dr. Stephen Hanauer, 
okay? Never forgot his name. Still refer people to him because he's still doctoring. Never forgot his name. When Joshua had the surgery and, and the colon's removed and he has the ostomy, uh, Connie and I could well have said, okay, that's the end of it, man. He's better, good, thank you. And when someone said, hey, what doctor did this? Well, I can't remember. can't remember his name. I'll never forget his name. When John was so sick, Dr. Kelly Nicholas, uh, never forget him. Never forget his name. He worked with John for those two and a half years. Never forget his name. Okay? You can have a peace when your illness is healed. But hey, I forgot the doctor that did it. You see what I'm saying? There are two types of peace. One is shallow. You talk about people being shallow. One type of peace is shallow. I'm better. Thank you. My finances are better. Thank you. My cancer's in remission. Thank you. And that's where it ends. The peace that Jesus is talking about is the peace that comes when our relationship with God is restored through His death and resurrection. And then you know Him. It's not just peace because my leprosy is gone. It's peace because I know the one who healed me. Right? How many lepers cleanse? Ten. How many come back? One. The other nine are saying, hey, better, this is good, man. Should have never been sick in the first place. Got to get work done. Been out of commission for quite some time. One of them does what? He runs back. He's not so much excited about his healing. God be praised. He's more excited about he knows the one that healed him. And I've always been led to believe that the guy knew Jehovah God before he ever got ill. And in the midst of his illness, he didn't run away from God, still clung to him like an anchor. And when he's healed, the peace is not just from the fact leprosy's gone. His greater peace is, I know the physician who healed me. I know God. What does Jesus say to him? He said, thy faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Your faith in God has made you whole. Go in peace. There are so many other gifts to unwrap. I'm going to leave it with those four. May you feed in this year 2020. May you feed on this spiritual food. It will touch the portions of you, namely your soul, that your pancakes will never touch. And that last gift, when a blessing comes, may your rejoicing be not so much in the blessing itself, but in the fact that you know the One. You know intimately the One who has blessed you. And in the darker moments, you know that one is hand in hand with you. 
In our Savior's name, amen. Friends, would you rise as we pray? Dear Lord, these gifts will not grow old. Grandchildren, some of their gifts are already broken. I mean, four days afterwards? And some of the gifts they received are already on the auction block. They're trading one gift with their next-door neighbor for their gift, okay? So these gifts that our eyes see and our hands feel, they are temporal in their ability to bring joy. But not the gifts that you give. Everlasting life and living water and spiritual food and peace. Restored relationship with our Heavenly Father. Those gifts are eternal. They shall follow us. Better stated, they shall accompany us all the way to heaven. And when we're in heaven, standing by the river of the water of life, standing in the presence of the God who is life and light, that will be enough. Be with us, Lord, as this new year comes. In our Savior's name, amen.